Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gavitt Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hangst, and today is November 21st, 2020, which means I'm on day 343 in a row of 365 promised episodes that brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. Well, folks, the Portland Trailblazers signed Derek Jones Jr., whoever the hell that is. And they're still waiting to sign Carmelo Anthony for an additional year. Now, I certainly hope they can keep Melo on the roster because that guy was doing amazing things, especially at his age, for the Portland Trailblazers last season. I mean, we would have been screwed in the playoffs without him. We already got screwed in the playoffs anyways. But as far as however well we did when we made the playoffs originally, it all had to do with Carmelo Anthony. Now the Clippers seem to have lost one of their highest energy players and I don't know if I'm disappointed or glad that Montrez Harrell signed with the Lakers. Yes, it's true. Trez is no longer a part of the Clippers organization, but he's staying in LA. In the end, I think it might be a smart decision considering how badly Montrez Harrell choked not only at the free throw line in the playoffs last season, but also overall when guarding Jokic. Jokic walked all over Montrez Harrell like it was nothing. We don't need a player like that. We need somebody who can all around defend virtually any center in the NBA, no matter how true they are or no matter how amazing they are, including Jokic, who is obviously a superstar. Dwight Howard left the Lakers to go to, I think, Philadelphia or somewhere. Doesn't really matter. Dwight Howard's a washed-up loser. In the end, it looks like Portland may come out on top, considering the fact that they still have their number one superstar ever, Damian Lillard. However, I'm pretty sure they're still going to get rid of C.J. McCollum in some way, shape, or form and figure out a way to get some more depth and some more post capabilities, I should say, because that is what they lacked last season, big time. Well, folks, I've been saying it all month, and hopefully you have listened to me, because Bitcoin is now on its way to $20,000 per token. I'm telling you, if you would have, if you would have bought three Bitcoin, for $3,000 each in March, that's nine grand. You would now, once it reaches 20, have 60 grand in Bitcoin, which you could easily sell and then walk away with a whole bunch of money. Now, I did not do that because I'm stupid. Also, in March, I didn't have $3,000 to spend on Bitcoin. It was the beginning of a pandemic. Nobody had money. We were all struggling. We were all worried. What's going to happen to me? Am I going to lose my job? Yes. Is my wife going to lose her job? Yes. Is everyone I know going to lose their jobs? Yes. It sucked. We all had no jobs. So, of course, the last thing you're going to do is take whatever money you have around and buy Bitcoin with it. But for those of you who did, you are sitting pretty watching your money skyrocket upward. And for that, I say congratulations to you. I, I, you know, I wish I would have been on that train big time. I'm on the train now. I'm a little late. You know, I, I hopped, I went to the station much later than expected and 
for that, it cost me a substantial amount of money. But I'm still making money off of Bitcoin and alternate coins. So if you want to make some money on this market, that is seriously, it just doesn't seem to be a dying market at all. It just doesn't seem like a pullback is anywhere in the close future. Then just start buying alternative coins that are cheap. You know, get get a few, get a, a hundred coins that are 20 cents each. Now, it's not going to cost you too much money. You'll be fine. And then if it does go up to 20 or 30 bucks, you're going to be filthy rich. You have nothing to lose except a handful of pocket change, but you have everything to gain. So hear me out one last time. I want to say it for this final time. Probably not because I'm probably going to say it a hundred times more than this. Buy some Bitcoin or alternative coins right now if you want to make a bunch of money. That's it. Go do it. Yay! Well, folks, there's a video circulating of Jason Momoa, the soft-hearted, gentle giant that he is, calling a seven-year-old boy who suffers from an aggressive form of brain cancer and FaceTiming him because he's such a big fan of Aquaman. And uh, first, there was a video posted of this little boy opening a present and his reaction, because it was an Aquaman doll, was like incredible. He was so excited. You could just, excitement was just boiling through his blood. He was so happy. He couldn't believe it. And it caught the attention of Jason Momoa, who decided to FaceTime this poor little boy. And they're just, their conversation is amazing. It's so special. It just will bring a tear to your eye. This is the type of stuff that celebrities need to do every chance they get. This is, you know, you are a high profile individual. People look up to you. They adore you for whatever reason. I personally don't give a crap. I'm not going to become obsessed with somebody who's an actor or whatever. I mean, there's nothing they can do that I can't, in my opinion. But for the opinion of others, people who idolize these peeps, they are the ones who can make a difference by placing a quick call and making this person's dreams come true. And that's what Momoa did. And you can just tell he is holding back tears while he's talking to this little boy. Because it means so much to him. And he's so inspired by him. And, you know, when you're an actor just playing a character, but a person really believes that you are Aquaman, and that's got to feel not only special, but also a little embarrassing. Because deep down you know you're not Aquaman. You're just an actor. You're just a... You're Joe Schmo. But if you can do something like this, then you're a real hero. You become a hero... When you do things for others who are less fortunate than you, and in this kid's case, who are constantly battling a vicious disease that has ravished his brain and since 2017 sent him in and out of the hospital. And that is what a hero is. Somebody who can make a person feel happy and good inside during a time in their life that is such a struggle. Kudos to you, Jace Momoa. You just moved up on my list of people I love. Aquaman, you are a straight-up West Coast G. You guys remember the show Wipeout from like 2008 to 2014 on TBS? Basically, it's an obstacle course of ridiculousness 
that people run through, you know, giant fists try and knock them off of a, of something that puts them in the water or something, and big balls get thrown at them while they're trying to walk across a tightrope, and just all kinds of random things happen that make you wipe out, which is why it's so funny. Well, apparently they've rebooted the show, but during filming recently of one of the episodes, a contestant who completed the obstacle course died right afterward. Yeah. So, as much as you might think, oh man, that would be so cool to be on that show, I can't wait, I want to hit it up, you know, just be sure you're in tip-top shape, because apparently... People go through a screening before they go on to the show to ensure that they're physically capable of doing what's expected of them on the show without having an issue. Well, this guy, or gal, actually I don't even know if it was a guy or gal, it doesn't really matter, it was an individual who died, it's really sad. This individual made it through the entire obstacle course. After obviously getting through the, you know, the screening process where they said that he or she was healthy enough to do the show, and there was no, not going to be any problems, no issues. And immediately following the show, went into cardiac arrest. So if you just think this show is going to be a cakewalk, you're like, oh, dude, wipe out, really? Ha, I could do American Ninja Warrior. Now you're trying to tell me I can't do wipe out? I'm going to do this. Well, there's a slight chance you will die afterward. I, I think they're going to have to have that warning now from now on. And, you know, there's on-site medics and people ready to help you. But apparently this individual, they attempted to defibrillate them to no avail, and then sent them via a paramedic to the hospital where the individual passed away. That is so shocking. You know, you just don't expect someone to die from a game show. I mean, I personally, if I got called up on a game show in front of a crowd, live audience, everything... I might also fall into cardiac arrest without even moving, just because my heart would be racing so much. My nerves would get the best of me. But in this case, I'm pretty sure it was the difficulty, the physical difficulty of the challenge itself that sent this person down, 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 until they were no more. That's freaky. I am not about to sign up for the show Wipeout, but I certainly want to see which obstacle course made this individual full-on die afterward because it, it must have been it must have been hard it had to have been I and mean, I, this freaks me out to even think about it. watch wipeout it's coming out on tbs again and it is being rebooted and redone and now probably they're getting sued so they better come out with it fairly quickly because i'm sure the family of this guy is looking to get some cash off of this Well, folks, I called it. It has happened in the midst of my recording of a podcast. I knew the Blazers needed more depth in the post. And they got rid of Mario Herzogna. Garbage. The guy, he's up and down. He fluctuates. One minute, I'm like, man, this kid, he has talent. And the next minute, I'm like, ah, we don't need him. Get rid of him. He's garbage. Good enough. We traded him out for Enos Cantor. Now, the only problem with Cantor is... He's been having issues with his green card and things like that. You know, we all know that he didn't travel to Toronto at one point last season because he was afraid he wouldn't be let back into the United States. Well, that's kind of worrisome. 
Because if the Portland Trailblazers end up, let's say, in the NBA Finals against the Toronto Raptors, will Enos Cantor be able to play? I don't know. But either way, for the rest of the season, he's in, and that is good news for us. We need somebody who can back up Yusuf Nurkic and actually score points. Now, Cantor fluctuates too. He's up and down. Sometimes he's a rebounder. Sometimes he is a decent scorer. But either way, he's a big man who can make his free throws if need be. He can block. And with his non-American style of play, you know he'll put his head down and he'll do the work. And that is what we need right now in uh, for the Portland Trailblazers organization. Somebody who's not going to complain about every single call like most American players do. Or somebody who's not going to have off-the-court issues or have any, you know, he's not a liability in any way. He's a strong, solid player. The only thing that makes him a liability is the green card issues and whether or not he can travel with the team to Canada. Oh, well, ooh-wee, that doesn't matter much. So the Portland Trailblazers make it big with this trade. Mario Horzonia for Enes Cantor. Good news for Portland. I got to tell you, I am so excited about this season. It's going to be great. Lillard's back. Nurkic is healthy. I mean, there's nothing that could stop us except the L.A. Lakers, who obviously had our number last season. They just ran a train through us, no problem whatsoever. Gentlemen sweep, let us win one, beat us four in a row, embarrassing. Either way, for the Blazers, if they can overcome the L.A. Lakers, who somehow just acquired Montrez Harrell, and added him to their long list of rising superstars and current superstars, then that will be, I think, the most difficult task for the Portland Trailblazers overall. Uh, the rest of the e the rest of the West won't be as bad. You know, the Clippers tough, yes. Phoenix Suns, well, they just added CP3 with Devin Booker. That's going to be crazy. But there's really no teams other than the Lakers that I worry about as a Blazers fan. Lillard is personally, single-handedly capable of ensuring a Blazers win against basically any team except for L.A. The Lakers just have too many superstars on their roster. It's almost impossible, and they're all big men. You got giant LeBron James. You got giant Anthony Davis. You did have Dwight Howard. You switched him out for Montrez Harrell. Same thing. Uh, I say keep an eye out for the Blazers this year. It's going to be a great year. I really feel it. And if they can re-sign Carmelo Anthony then that will be the icing on the cake. Season starts right before Christmas. December 22nd is the rumor. So we are already back at it with basketball in about a month's time. I can't even believe it. It's like we didn't even have a break. I like it that way. I wish basketball was all season long. But either way, December 22nd, supposedly the date. Be ready for it. Good news for uh, Disney, folks. It looks like they finally decided to step out of their PG-13 bubble and have declared officially that Deadpool 3 will be rated R. Yes, Deadpool 3 absolutely will be rated R, according to sources. And will be written. The script itself will be written by the Molly New sisters, who also do writing for Bob's Burgers. Now, I love Bob's Burgers. The show's hilarious. I mean, I knew right off the bat when the first season came out a few years back that this show would stick around. And I've seen a lot of shows come and go, 
on that strip of animation shows they put on Fox, the Animation Domination strip, on Fox on Sunday nights. I've seen a lot of shows come and go, but this was one I knew would stick around. Bob's Burgers, fantastic. Love every character, especially the little girl. If these ladies are as smart as I think they are, then they will write up a script that will be obnoxious, hilarious, and just ridiculous. All the isses that we need in life for a Deadpool movie. And that is what I expect for something that stars Ryan Reynolds. The single most sarcastic and lovable actor on the planet, in my opinion. If you don't like Ryan Reynolds, I do not know what is wrong with you. This guy is awesome. And he's a great individual, it seems like. There's, there's not been a single bit so far of real dirt on Ryan Reynolds that would drag his name out into an area where people wouldn't want to be a fan of him. I mean, 100%, this dude is a good guy and a great actor and funny and obnoxious and sarcastic and all the things that I love. So I cannot wait for Deadpool 3. I hope they start filming soon. I know Ryan Reynolds is about to wrap up that Netflix special with him, The Rock, and Gal Gadot. That movie's going to be great. But I'm telling you, it's going to be all about Deadpool 3. They break the fourth wall so much in the Deadpool movies. How will they do it this time? How will they interact with the audience or freak us out or make us question that we're even watching a movie and make us instead feel as though we're a part of it, we're on the set, we're live. You know, they do these things to interact with the crowd in a way that doesn't normally happen. And that's what I hope to see in Deadpool 3, which is officially rated R. You can finally put all your worries away about it it's not going to be an after-school special, PG-13, Disneyed out, piece of garbage, family-friendly friendly crap. It's going to be something as disturbing as the previous two, and I cannot wait. I am super excited. <laughs> Folks, it normally would be time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast known as Real Stories, but today I have to cut my episode short as I have to head to work, and I'm working an 11-hour shift, and that means good things because I love... The fact that I at least have some form of a job during this pandemic BS. So I'm going to say good day to you folks. I appreciate you for listening to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today. It means the world to me to have listeners like you. Thank you very much. I'm going to have some cool and special stuff coming up soon. Please stay tuned. I know you're super disappointed about the Real Story segment. You love hearing about my life. It's so important to you. I'm like an idol. You just want to rejoice when you hear every time that I do something stupid involving weed or alcohol or whatever. Certainly that's not the case and you don't give a crap and you're super glad you didn't have to listen to a meaningless story once again. So I'm doing you a favor. Here it is. No real story segment today. Thank you very much for listening to Peter Gabbett Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you and I will talk to you tomorrow. Since I didn't get a chance to tell real stories today on the Peter Gabbett Podcast, I'm going to let someone else tell you a story through song form. One of the best storytellers of all time. I think you know who I'm talking about. Slick Rick. Here is a children's story. Alright, you kids get to bed, I get the storybook. 
Y'all tucked in? Here we go. Once upon a time, not long ago, when people wore pajamas and lived life slow, where laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to good, there lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he said. Me and you tonight, we're gonna make some cash, robbing old folks and making the dash. They did the job, money came with ease, but one couldn't stop, it's like he had a disease. He robbed another stick and another, up, and a sister and a brother. Tried to rob a man who was a DT undercover. The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting erratic, he said, Keep still, boy, no need for static. Punched him in his belly and he gave him a slap. But little did he know, the little boy was strapped. The kid pulled out a gun, he said, Why'd you hit me? The barrel set straight for the cop's kidney. The cop got scared, the kid he starts to figure. I'll do years if I pull this trigger. So he cold dashed and ran around a block. Cop radios into another lady cop. He ran by a tree, there he saw the sister. Shot for the head, he shot back, but he missed her. Looked around good and from expectations, he decided he'd hit for the subway stations. But she was coming and he made a left. He was running top speed till he was out of breath. Knocked an old man down and swore he killed Sorry. him. Then he made his move to an abandoned building Ran up the stairs up to the top floor Opened up a door there, guess who he saw? Who? Dave the dope be shooting dope Who don't know the meaning of water nor soap He said, I need bullets, hurry up, run The dope fiend brought back a spanking shotgun He went outside, but there was cops all over Then he dipped into a car, a stolen Nova Raced up the block doing 83 Crashed into a tree near university Escaped alive, though the car was battered Rat-a-tat-tatted and all the cops got Ran out of bullets and he still had static Grabbed the pregnant lady and pulled out the automatic Pointed out her head, he said the gun was full of lead He told the cops, back off, for honey here's dead Deep in his heart, he knew he was wrong So he let the lady go and he starts to run on Sirens sounded, he seemed astounded And before long the little boy got surrounded He dropped his gun, so went the glory And this is the way I have to end this story He was only 17 in a madman's dream The cops shot the kid, I still hear him scream This ain't funny, so don't you dare laugh uh -huh. Just another case about the wrong path uh -huh. Straight and arrow or your soul gets cast Good night Knock him out the box, Rick Knock him out, Rick Thank you.